Hi, it's Ethan Hayter and you're listening to Quick Link Podcast. Hello Quick Linkers, Tom here to tell you all about the second ever UCI Cycling Esports World Championships. A peloton of men and women took to the streets of Zwift to battle for a virtual rainbow bands on a championing course on the New York world. Both men and women's fields tackled the same 54.9km course on the Knickerbocker route, which main feature is a 1.4km climb averaging 6.1%. The climb itself comes in pitches, with some of these hitting 17%. They will tackle this three times, with the first across the line at the top of the third ascent being crowned the world champion. Both of the former world champions, Jason Osborne of Germany and Ashley Moulman Passio of South Africa, returned to the race to defend their titles, with a number of dedicated Swift pros from across the globe, plus some names we would have heard of from across the professional peloton. In the men's peloton, there were some notable riders from Albertson Fenix rider and previous Swift Academy winner and one of our quick adoptees, Jane Vine, and LA Legion rider Freddie Ovette. And in the women's race, Sarah Gigante of Movistar, who finished second at the last championships, took to the start line. The British team included friend of the show Ed Laverack and Andy Nichols, while the women's team included Zoe Langham and Illy Gardner, Mary Wilkerson and Hayley Simmons amongst their ranks. The women's race was a cagey affair, with most teams choosing to sit in and await the final climb. Well, all except for the Americans, launching attacks one after the other to force the race and show themselves at a home world championship. It was, however, not to be for the Americans. Mulman Passio launched a long-range attack as they hit the climb with about 1.2 kilometres to go, but she was passed in the last kilometre by a trio of riders. Lois Aidgeist of Netherlands took the win and the rainbow bands. Cecilia Hansen of Sweden finished second and GB Zoe Langman finished an impressive third on the day. The men's race was a more animated affair. On the final lap a group of six got away and one point held a gap of 17 seconds with around 7.5 kilometres to go. Australia's Sam Hill pulled huge turns on the front of the group and they still had 10 seconds going into the final climb. Rainer Keppinglinger from Austria was the strongest of the break and with 0.8 kilometres remaining he was the lone leader with the pack behind bearing down on him. The reigning world champion Jason Auburn was the first to pass him and looked like he would take the championship again as the race entered the final 400 metres. With a steep kicker just before the line, Jay Vine, with a steep kicker just before the line, Jay Vine and Freddie Arvett, both of Australia, rolled Osborne for the line, and Jay Vine adds the UCI Cycling Esport Championships to his already impressive Palmares. From a British perspective, Andy Nichols and Ed Laverick both finished in the top 35, and I caught up with Ed after the race to see how he felt it went. Right, Ed. So, obviously, first of all, how did it feel to represent GB in the World Championships and also from the weird setting of your own living room? Um, yeah, as you say, yeah, very, very weird. Um, I'm just editing the video as we speak, actually, and uh, I do mention... Uh, to Charlie, my my partner, how surreal it is because uh, you know I've often spent many hours on the road or even in planes traveling to races, and um, it seems strange. Uh, you know, we race in our living rooms and, and our small rooms uh, most nights, as you know. But to race a world championship and to represent your your country, uh, to represent British cycling. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty phenomenal. Um, I think uh, you know we we gave we gave the Finnish effort our best shot. Um, we just we just didn't really have it on the day to be honest. But um, 
you know, it, it all goes down to experience, and you know, hopefully, we'll be fighting for it again soon. And what were um, Team GB's tactics for the race? We might have to edit this below. <laughs> um, uh, you're, not, you're not allowed to speak about them in particular. No, tactics are very difficult to, to actually decide on, if I'm totally honest. Um, I don't know, I can't speak for other teams because, you know, I think, you know, let's take Australia, for example, who had three riders in the top four. Um, they had a lot of strength and depth, and I think everybody knew that. Uh, and how they, you know, were, were going to ride the race was going to be a lot different to how we uh, were going to ride the race. And, you know, with, with only five guys, and immediately became apparent that at least two, possibly three, weren't on a good day. Um, so, you know, that effectively then, you know, really sort of uh, knocks our chances of uh, you know, maybe not just a, a high finish position, but, you know, trying to deploy tactics as well. And uh, as most people don't know who, who do Swift racing, it's, um, it's kind of hard anyway uh, to deploy tactics. And it's even harder on a, on a world stage when, you know, you've got 90 of the best riders uh, in the race. Um, really, like, we, we didn't think a breakaway would go. And ironically, one did, but it didn't go till late on. Um, so we didn't really commit to anything. We just thought that if, if the climb is going to be hard, then we just need to be positioned well coming into it and make sure we, we get over the front every time in that front group. And the last time up, again, be positioned at the front and just hit it hard from the bottom. Uh, the climb needs to be you know, far, far, far longer for someone like myself to benefit from it. Um, so in hindsight, from my perspective, uh, I think I should have been in, in that breakaway that went uh, to give myself the best chance of... Um, of a higher position then uh, for, for the finish. Excellent. And um, what's uh, your plan next for the rest of your season? Well, I would like to say I've got a, a little break, um, but I haven't. Uh, I've entered a, a duathlon for a bit of fun in two weeks' time. So I'm going to be logging some miles on my feet, uh, which I have been anyway. Um, and then I might be off to Girona uh, for a week. And then I think it's full steam ahead to to, to focus on uh, the end of June uh, there's a couple of events between now and then but but the end of June being sort of the, the heaviest uh, week or two of riding and that'll be for uh, the Haute Route Alps and the Marmotte but between now and then I've got plenty of things to chew on um, like the Mallorca 312 and uh, uh, a massive race around Wales, which I'm really looking forward to. Cheers, Ed. Brilliant. Uh, well, good luck for the rest of your season. Cheers, Tom. You've been listening to Quicklink Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news and results. You can find us across social media at QuicklinkPod, or you can contact us by emailing show at quicklinksports.com. Share the show, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye now.